The coronavirus outbreak is a major event in recent history, affecting hundreds of countries across the globe, and it had impacted millions of people in their everyday life and in their business. And Amazon sellers were not spared. So today we will talk about how the virus has changed Amazon, both for their workers, but most especially for you, the sellers. Welcome to the next Amazon Top Seller podcast. Stay updated with the latest Amazon news and learn the nitty-gritty of selling on Amazon through Bikul's years of expertise in the Amazon world. Let's start our journey to become the next Amazon Top Seller. So welcome to our podcast's very first episode. And today, obviously, the topic is a bit special. We're talking about the virus. So it is definitely not the most fortunate topic to talk about in the first episode. But here we are. And here with me, helping me with this, uh, with this task, uh, is our first guest, Eric. Eric is a veteran seller on multiple e-commerce platforms, not only Amazon. Uh, hi, Eric. Oh, hi there. Are you sure on your aim marker? Yeah. So like, this is definitely... Uh, a topic that we don't want to talk about, but we have to, right? Mm. So let's talk about some changes. How this virus affected uh, the Amazon world? Well, first of all, I would say, as everyone knows, especially if you're a seller, Amazon temporarily blocked non-essential items to be sent to the warehouses. Uh, so the sellers cannot send anything that is not essential. Uh, have you been impacted, Eric? What is uh, non-essential and essential? Uh yeah, I'm obviously being impacted because I I don't sell baby products or you know beauty and personal cares and all the um, so-called essential categories on Amazon's and um, I'll say a lot of my sellers are actually being impacted heavily because of this you know new policy. But um, if you are a seller who sell baby products, health and households, you know personal care. Even like industrial products or pet suppliers, you're in luck because Amazon would receive your shipments and they will you know, sell, they'll ship your items to your customers just like before. Yeah, sellers that are selling essential items, yeah. some of them actually reported higher sales right now. Yeah, because Amazon is prioritizing those categories, so that's why. Yeah, so not everyone is impacted badly, negatively, but definitely there is a change in this. And um, we notice that whenever your items are non-essential and they're sitting on the warehouses, but even when the buyers are actually buying your product, Amazon is just not fulfilling the orders. And they, they even have delayed of maybe one month to, to ship the items. Yeah. The ship time is just terrible for like FBA items now. Yeah, so uh, this is definitely a problem because it's not just about sending new items to the warehouses. Even when it's there, they're not going to be fulfilled. That's why a lot of sellers are turning to FBM, but we're going to talk about this uh, soon. First of all, I wanted to talk about other things that Amazon itself has changed. For example, millions of products have been uh, banned on the platform because of misleading product description because they were mentioning about uh, being able to cure the virus or kill the bacteria, kill viruses that's definitely not good right you mean like silver or drinking bleach yeah exactly like uh some some product were, were banned for this like the saying drink this silver and you're gonna kill the virus no you're just gonna turn blue and that that's it but this is very important and this is where amazon definitely is doing a good job at. have you tried silver though no i think i will pass on that i would just probably just do social distancing that more important um <laughs> 
But yeah, definitely, this is something that Amazon is taking very seriously. First of all, as we just said, product description. But also, they don't want sellers to pay fees that right now makes no sense. So they have actually waived uh, FBA storage fee, long-term storage fee. We are happy about this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you have FBA you know, inventories. Absolutely, yeah. Like, yeah. it's staying in there, you're not selling it, so... It's not fair to have yeah. to be paid. Isn't Silla's fault? It's not, fault. definitely. Amazon also decided to cancel the Prime Day. They already decided it's official. It's supposed to be in July, but it's been canceled. Yeah, I heard no more landing dues, right? Yeah, uh, maybe they will uh, postpone Rare the applications. Yes, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um, but I would say that the, the main point for Amazon right now is price. So there's more instances of high price uh, errors and notifications. So the product get uh, the listed, but even even more seriously is the price gouging. Amazon is very serious about price gouging. Um, Are they serious about price gouging? I've heard they're being accused of price gouging themselves. Yes, uh, that is something that has been reported. Uh, unfortunately, Amazon is putting more focus on price gouging for third-party oh, sellers, but always. not for their own product. Um, let's talk about it a bit more. Like, what is price gouging, Eric? Um, well, price gouging is um, you know when someone sells an additional an, an, an essential item for excessive price and uh, during a time of um, declared emergency. For example, if you're selling hundred dollars for a tissue paper, you're basically price gouging sales yes. because the price is not normal. It's abnormally high than the usual price you normally get in a supermarket. Absolutely, right? we we can agree with this when it's obviously. Uh, a price not acceptable like the thousand dollar for toilet paper is crazy yeah but the thing is essential item is such a generic term what classify as essential items that's what a lot of sellers are arguing about absolutely because we 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 are all on the same page when we think toilet paper or anything household goods it could be considered essential but in this category for example so cosmetics is in so is lipstick essential i don't know is it essential to look pretty Maybe just to to feel happier while locked down. So I don't know. It, it is definitely tricky, but I would say when you're changing your price a bit higher, is that price gouging or is just supply and demand? We we read this a lot, right? Some yeah. sellers they mention this mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, this is just supply and demand. Uh, people want it, and so our my price is going high." Is that really though? Yeah, I wouldn't say so though. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think. Supply and demand can be, you know, applying here. If you're selling, and as you know, you know, like face masks or detergents, something like this, and you're charging people, you know, hundred dollars or even five hundred dollars just for one item, it's not reasonable, right? I mean, yeah, the, the the demand of yeah. course is there simply because it's a time of crisis. Yeah, people need them. Stay, stay home yes. they need those products. So when it's a, a time of crisis and these price and these uh, items are needed, then it is definitely unethical. To raise the prices yeah, just for illegal. your product, yeah, yeah. It, it's illegal. You, Amazon will suspend you, and, and and you can be persecuted by your state. Amazon sellers are actually getting suspended, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember there was one guy who um had like you know thousands of hygiene products storing his warehouse. Yes, yeah, he, he purchased them yeah. before. Yes, and in the end, he probably made. If I remember right, he made the right thing. And he just donated them. But yeah, it was definitely tricky at the beginning to understand what could be done and not. But just, you know, you ask yourself, is this ethical? And and, and that's probably what should guide everyone now. Um, So let's say you have product. You don't want to do price gouging, but you still want to sell your product for 
without loss. So maybe you're using a repricer, right? Uh, with BeCool, we handle repricing, repricing software and, and people are repricing their items. What's happening with the price gouging? Is it, is it risky? I'll say a lot of people may have issues with the repricers in regards to how the repricer pricing the item is that when they say their max price is too high for their items to be repriced. For example, if you are selling a baby product like diapers and you have a max price of 500 per pack, that's too high of a max price. Yeah, maybe so maybe you should have a you should say like a you know reasonable max price for your items. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. I would say a repricer only works within the prices that you tell them to work with. Yeah. So it's important now to set good max prices. So if you are using any repricer, just make sure that your max price is, let's say... Yeah, it's a rule of thumb. I mean, if you have a max... If you're using a repricer, the rule of thumb is always to check your min and your max price. Absolutely. And you always, you always have to check the market price. You know, some retail prices for your items, some other platforms. Your items, some, you know, the price for your items on, on other platforms always have to check those and then you go back to your repricer to set a reasonable max price so Amazon doesn't delist you or even ban your account yeah, exactly. to accuse you of price scourgings. For example, I would say you can check with a software uh, like the Keep extension, oh, you yeah. can just check previous prices before the, the crisis and you just check what's the highest price the item was sold for and then you just use that as your max or even even better you use that minus a percentage i don't know that price minus 10 percent. i know maybe the profit is not going to be the best yeah. but this is not the time to consider you know the highest profit ever this is the time to consider you're selling the products yeah. you're helping the people yeah, and at the exactly. same time you're not losing your money so your max price should still be not at a loss but you know uh, yeah. just check what was the price before don't change it too high yeah. strive for a stable stream of incomes absolutely that. Yeah. and talking about this uh, since we mentioned that right now if doing FBA that income is probably not coming right now so uh, we mentioned before people are turning into FBM so let's talk about a bit more FBM for some sellers is a bit like of a scary topic. Uh, is it that scary though, Eric? Well, have you have you done FBM? Yeah, I can shed some light on this because because I'm a merchant for few seller, so okay. I mostly shoot my items to my buyers directly. I don't really do FBA, but I think um, a lot of sellers are turning to FBM now. It's because the lead time for FBA is just so long. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people don't really sell essential products to begin with, so they've been, um, you know. It's low uh, down, right? Yeah, they've, yes. been, yeah, they've been adopting um, FBM. And I would say FBM has its perk. Especially you can find a pretty good price for your for shipping your items out. And that's a good thing. Yeah, you have uh, more control, right? So FBA, yeah. what is FBM? FBM, you're selling, you're shipping the item yourself to the buyer without passing through yeah, the, Amazon Fulfillment Center, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think one of the... A, I would say the challenge for FBM is that you have to do everything yourself, right? Yes, you it's very time-consuming. You even have to do custom service. So some people, you know, some sellers, they don't like that. They just let FBA handle it. Absolutely. I mean, of course, there's an advantage of having Amazon handling everything for you when Amazon is at its full force. Right now, yeah. it is not. So, of course, it is better for you to handle FBM. For example, right now, there's a big change happening is that before, as we all know, 
uh, being an FBM and winning the buy box was almost impossible. FBA will always win it. But now Amazon, of course, he knows that it takes maybe a month to fulfill an FBA order. Yeah. So probably the buy box right now. I think owned by FBM sellers now, you know, because FBM sellers are the sellers who can actually ship their items. Yeah, to exactly. The so that, that, that's yeah. when it makes sense to do uh, FBM. And the only thing you need, really need to take care of, uh, as we mentioned, are everything that you were not doing before. So, for example, the packaging needs to be uh, Amazon compliant when you're shipping to you. So, you buy it, you need to put your own labels. Uh, you need to write down the dimension of the boxes yes. that the, the, the buyer will receive. And when you are fulfilling the order, you're basically buying your shipping. You're going to buy shipping from your own house or your fulfillment center if you do have one uh, to sell to to buyer you're gonna use U ups usps or fedex and amazon in, in this part is also providing a good service because it will show you all the options that you have already in the platform from seller central you just choose the one that you prefer yeah. and you just uh fulfill the order yourself yeah uh, I, I think if you cannot fulfill your orders yourself like you know um you can always find like a third party logistic providers for quick turnarounds Yes, because if yeah. you have a lot of orders, fulfilling each one of them individually from your house is definitely complicated. Yeah. So there are these uh, third-party uh, services. Yeah. Uh, how, how do they work? Well, um, basically, um, third-party logistics providers, they provide outsourced logistics service to companies and to, to like, you know, sellers as well. And this service can really make up you know, part of your supply chain management functions and... Some of them can even include, you know, having like shipping distributions, you know, freight forwarding. They mm. even do like pick and packing. So if you want, you don't want to do any of that, you can just let a third-party logistics provider to help you out on that. And yeah, probably it might even not cost you more than what Amazon costs us between all yeah, the fees, but, yeah, all right. the FBA that's fees. Right. So. Amazon fulfillment by Amazon is actually a third-party logistics, you know, mm. yes. to keep you not. But you're just, just changing yeah. which one you're using. Exactly, but you know. It just comes with a lot of restric restrictions in terms of allowable products and packing requirements. You know, FBA is pretty strict on that. You know, other uh, other through PL, it's a bit more relaxing. You know, for example, like UPS, that's a pretty well known example. In um, for like third party logistic provider, they do offer all the services I just mentioned before, and they operate on a global scale. I think the um for the pros of um through PL is that it really can save you time and money. And through the economies of scale, like it's a better shipping rates than Amazon, you know, for payment by Amazons. And if you have um, international distributions, for example, if you're selling um, over in EU, it works really well too. And you can get speedier delivery by just benefiting from their, you know, multiple storage locations. Yeah, they definitely and, have a professional service. Yeah, exactly. And for me, because I'm not a very huge seller, and if you if your business scale is, you know, is a is it's large and you're a fast growing business with um, a lot of um, order volumes. I'll definitely suggest to you know opt for a third party logistics provider mm -hmm. like UPS. How about how about the customer service and returns? Are you still in control? Oh, you can still opt to control customer service and returns, of course. Yeah, I mean, even on FBAs, do you have to do part of it, right? Yes, exactly. So let's talk about this a bit more like uh, custom after after sales support is very important when you're doing FBM. Because you have to take care of things that probably when you're doing FBA, you were not really... I mean, uh, just a bit. But let's say now everything you know is my, a new... You know, you know what my secret is? Oh. To help me with my um, customer service, you know, all the refund and returns. What I, is it? I have an Amazon tool for it. 
Oh, use a tool for it. Yes. Of course, yes. If you use like a, a tool, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes when you, you know, on holiday or even when you're busy doing other stuff, you can have a tool to help you, you know, answer your customers' inquiries. Especially if you have a tool that can provide you with auto reply. Yes. Yeah. How does uh, it work? Well, um, for example, I get asked a lot of uh, like shipping related inquiries. Mm. And a lot of customers have, you know, issues with the um, shippings or even sometimes with with products. So you just establish, you know, create like a template for a tool. And then the tool can detect what sort of um, questions that they receive from your customers and reply with the corresponding answers or let's say corresponding templates to your customers so they can get the correct answers they want. Yeah, that's very convenient. Uh, We said FBM is very time consuming, so this is definitely can save time. Um, One last thing about FBM though, it's important to note is that you might get asked for return and refunds a bit more because of course uh, we're not having uh, Amazon helping in all this, but it's just important to have your own. Yeah, but you could reject return request if you you are FBM. Yes, it's important to have yeah. your own policies. Maybe you can state them on your exactly. Amazon store uh, so this, the buyers know what, what is going to happen. But if... one downside of FBM is that, you know, some sellers who want to enjoy that prime shipping, they may not be able to benefit from FBM. But unless if you are a seller for Fuel Prime. Yes. Which I heard is not accepting, um, you know, requests. Unfortunately, they're not. Now? Yes. Yeah. You, the seller for Fuel Prime is a program that let you be a prime member without having to be FBA. Uh, there is, of course, some fees to pay, but it's definitely good because you get the Prime badge, you're going to win the buy box more. Unfortunately, right now, they're not accepting new application. Yeah. There is a wait list. You mm-hmm. can put your name there. It's really uh, hard to get accepted yes, to it. Uh, probably right now, it's really complicated. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a, pro- a problem that especially private label have now. It could be sourcing. Uh, we know that sourcing for private label happens mostly from China. And we know the virus obviously yeah. stopped uh, uh, China production for a while. How is it now? Is is production happening, manufacturing? Yeah, I mean, we all know the virus originated from China, right? They they got the virus first. And um, even though they claim the pandemic there has been curbed now, but uh, a lot of factories are still closed. And what's happening now for the you know platforms like, like Alibaba or other sourcing platforms is that those platforms are definitely on live they're live they are they're working it's just the you know the the factories working on those platforms you know listing their items on those platforms they may not have a hundred percent working capacities and the reason is that a lot of those com- the factories they're not getting enough orders from us or eu customers to justify you know keeping their factories open or working at a full capacity of course so it's difficult for them to keep all the staff members you know, you know, keep the full, keep like a full staff members. Yeah, and I guess also they're yeah. giving priority to still making like essential items. Oh yeah, right? face masks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of, you see, you see on the news, right? A lot of um Chinese manufacturers are tending to um you know manufacturing face shoes, masks, and gowns now. Of course, they retool their factories. They're fo- they're not focusing on non-essential products now because the world really you know in desperate needs of oh. essential medical items, and those factories are actually creating those. And that really create another problem for sellers who do not source those products or who do not have those you know medical categories on Gator on Amazon. So they can't really source from those factories, you know, selling 
medical products now. Of course, yeah. it is. It's a time, of course, of priorities in yeah. in every aspect. But it is, I would it is say, if you are a private label and you're sourcing, maybe this is probably a good time to try to diversify your uh, sourcing. So maybe uh, just partially buying from from the same Chinese manufacturer, and at the same time, maybe you can. This could be a good time to search for a domestic. Yeah. Uh, sourcing or something from other countries just diversify your portfolio so you will not be stuck with just one yeah, right absolutely you don't put the put all your eggs in the same one basket right yeah exactly yeah. um so if we want to talk about uh maybe as a last topic for today we can talk about what's the impact on you as a businessman right we're talking about all of this is definitely impacting us as sellers uh and it is hard right now to keep going to get our, our income um, I mean, if you're a seller and you've already invested all your cash in your goods and you just don't have enough cash flow for you to purchase new items or new inventories to make profits. So that's why a lot of our sellers are, have actually turned back to individual sellers. They don't even want to spend that extra $40 to, to for the professional you know, accounts, right? Yes, absolutely. It's a yeah. temporary measure for yeah. uh, saving a bit of money. I mean, the sales are not coming in enough to justify yeah. being still on a professional account. Mm-hmm. And the news right now, of course, is that the government, they just approved these uh, loan programs, oh, right? They we have, have to. I mean, look at the employment rate right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a disaster. So uh, we're hearing a lot about this uh, Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP, where the small business... Uh, get the loan to help the business to keep in the workforce and not firing too many people. There is the economic injury disaster loan uh, where you might receive up to $10,000 upfront. You don't have to pay back. This sounds all amazing, but we're hearing that there is some kind of problem, right? The system doesn't work properly. Banks were not uh, informed about exactly how to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for, for now, we just keep monitoring this and especially you sellers, Keep monitoring this, search about this. There is definitely some help that can be asked if you have the patience for it, right? Uh, definitely. I mean, Google it. Google this on Paycheck Protection Program because I don't really get it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how to apply for it. So, we are yeah. going to keep uh, reading into this as well. And I would say this concludes our episode. We will try to keep you updating with the future episodes about how, how it's going. I really hope that the next time we're going to have more good news, right, Eric? And oh, yeah, we'll... absolutely. Just fingers crossed, right? And let's... Hopefully this virus can pass as quickly as possible. Let's hope that as well. Thank you, Eric, for being here with me and help me shed some light on all these topics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pleasure to be here. And if you have liked this episode and you would like to uh, have notifications about the future episode, don't, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, no matter which platform you're using, it could be iTunes, Spotify, whatever, just subscribe to the podcast. You, you will not miss any new episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you.